Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Ransom Notes. Frank McKay here, so much more importantly, author, philosopher, and wonderful, overall wonderful person that is uh, also a radio show host and podcast host. She is absolutely terrific, and she can take an acorn in in a minute and turn it into an oak tree of, of wisdom and knowledge and fun facts. She is absolutely wonderful. Catherine Ransom, how are you? I am just gracious and glad that the Lord has taken care of me. Yeah, well, listen, I, we should all stop and, and remember that. At times, sometimes we get a little, you know, we, we get a little full of ourselves or uh, not even. We just we just kind of uh, cruise along. And, 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 you know, as you said to me a little while ago, and, uh, you know, we'll be talking about that, I'm sure. I, we take things for granted. I, I think I think we do take things for granted sometimes. And uh, that's probably not a good thing to do. But have you been watching the Olympics? I, I haven't been, but I've been kind of following the Olympics, and I know it's a big thing every four years, and it's almost, you know, uh, silly that I haven't. But I haven't. Uh, but I've interviewed some Olympian, Olympians, and and uh, it, you know, been keeping up in that way. It's sort of interesting. They're calling them the uh, the 2020 Olympics, and, and and obviously this is 2021. And it's amazing how many people online are uh, uh, upset that they're not calling it the 2021. And of course, the reason I think they're calling it 2020 is that's when they were supposed to be because they're, you know, every so many years. And uh, but it's interesting what upsets people. But more importantly, I was thinking is we, we've watched I've watched some of, of the Olympics. I haven't spent hours. But as you look at those young men and young women and some some of them aren't as young, some of them are middle aged and so forth. A whole group of words comes come into your mind that. Think about the dedication, the focus, the commitment, the energy, the practice, and then some tears that get associated with this period of wonderful, healthy, energetic, focused kids and adults who love to uh, work hard and then be uh, an energetic participant in the sport of their choosing. It's just wonderful. Yeah, amazing. And yeah, and if you remember a couple of weeks ago, I talked about the fact that, uh, about the catfish that was in the fish tank to keep the codfish alive. Yeah. Because, it, you know, they were fighting off their enemy. And I had had a reader uh, send me a response about that this morning and it sort of tied in with the Olympics and the dedication. And she said, she, she agreed that it's great that we as Christians need to keep fighting off Satan and building up our muscles. And she talked about the fact that exercise, uh, sometimes you have to have sore muscles for them to grow so that they become really strong muscles. And the same thing is that we sometimes have things that are weak in our own character and challenges, disappointments, things that go wrong are not always totally bad. If you can look at the half full of a glass, 
because they sometimes strengthen you. They give you increased faith. They sort of make your mental muscle and your religious church muscle stronger as you fight them off. You have to be careful. And sometimes you slip just like our, one of the gymnasts that's so great that's currently uh, showing her abilities had a couple of problems yesterday. It can happen to anybody. But there is a comparison between our lives as a Christian and these wonderful, wonderful athletes that uh, are representing the United States in Tokyo uh, this week. So I don't know. Did you ever think you could have been good enough in some sport to have been a, a participant? No, I just I, I wasn't fast enough, big enough, or strong enough uh, to be those things. And I know there are there were sports where you don't have to be that big, that fast and uh, that strong. But uh, usually that's who gravitate towards sports. I did very well in sports up up to, you know, 12 years old. And then I got into music, that type of thing. But uh, I'll tell you what, you're, you're absolutely right uh, about the struggle and the dedication. It's, uh, it, and it really is. It, it's a very good example that you give. These folks, they, they work their muscles to failure. That's, that's what they'll call it. They'll work it to, to failure. And that's to the point where they can't lift up anything anymore. And, and with the good Lord's help, it, they regenerate and they they build up strength and then they come back even stronger and and like you said and i think wisely said it, it's the same thing with faith you know we we get setbacks early on in life and we stop and we say okay uh, i'm going to get through this and as we're saying that we're going to get through this we we start feeling uh stronger and 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 more confident that we can get through it next time. I think it's a great example. Uh, the Olympics is a is a perfect time to think about that, about dedication, discipline, and everything else. But uh, it's it's also wise of us to look at it as as you put so wonderfully, um, you know, as as an example of what we can do spiritually and make ourselves stronger as we we get to you know maybe we work our souls or we work our 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 spirits to failure and then we come back stronger and stronger and stronger well and i think occasionally we have people who are afraid to reach out and try a new direction or try a new way to witness or try a new uh person meet a new a new individual they're, they're sort of afraid and then as you're afraid you build up a um, a cocoon around you that makes it more difficult the next time to do it. And, and, and instead of growing, you, you get weaker and weaker. And one of the dangers, I think, of some of the stay at home during this very difficult health period in our country's life right now is that people have a reduced amount of opportunity to develop that I care about you muscle uh, other than perhaps in writing or over the telephone or on Zoom or, you know, some of that kind of media. Uh, and children and young people are, are missing a whole year of learning how to, to grow both physical muscles as well as personality muscles and uh, friendship muscles. All of those have sort of gone into hibernation. And you think if uh, when you break or have uh, a serious muscle or knee replacement or something like that, they tell you, get those muscles going absolutely right away because they atrophy so swiftly. And I think when we think that 
especially the young people who are right at that stage of development. I've not had the opportunity for, what is it, about 15, 16 months now that, or a little more, somewhere in that neighborhood, that they haven't had a chance to be as fully productive and as fully engaged as they might have been if it had been a traditional year. Yeah. And, uh, it, and it, which sort of leads me into the next thing. You know, I think sometimes we just take some things for granted. Have you ever just taken life for granted or some things in your life for granted? I have. I think we do it, you know, naturally as people. We take things for granted or we, we take people for granted. And we certainly take the Lord for, for granted. And, you know, and, and we shouldn't, of course. But uh, basically that means that things are going pretty well. And uh, and we've got to stop ourselves. And we've got to say, well, things are going pretty well for a reason. There's a higher force here. And, and we've got to, you know, we've got to pay attention. We've got to pay thanks for once in a while. But, yes, I'm guilty of that. Um, uh, you know, hopefully not as often as... Uh, as I used to be, but, um, you know, I, certainly I am guilty of taking things for granted. Maybe maybe that uh, take for granted muscle, uh, you've been using that muscle and not taking things for granted, so it's growing, Frank, and yes. so therefore, you know, and that comes with maturity in our lives as you want to have that kind of growth. Well, I'm sort of sitting and reflecting Sunday when I had a little time and thinking about, a, a muscle of, uh, that I might call letting my light shine brightly for the Lord. And, and uh, it's easy to let it get sort of dim. And I thought about that Saturday, I needed to go out and buy some batteries for a real small, cl clever little lantern that I had given to me. And it needed new batteries because the old ones were out. And I thought, you know, I wonder if sometimes we as people or we as christians need to have our batteries charged and then that led me to the next thought how often do we stop and help charge the batteries of christian workers around us whether it's a minister or it's some of the church staff or it's church volunteers or it's parents who are trying to be so hard to raise their kids as uh, good Christians and God followers. How often do I stop and how do I go about helping people get their battery charged? I went to a battery store. The, the fellow there at the store found the right batteries for me, put them into the lantern, made sure that it worked. He helped me have a brighter light. What are you and me and others doing to help charge the batteries of our friends and our Christian workers? So I was thinking about that and I decided that it was time for me to make a homework assignment for a lot of my readers. And I send out ransom notes to about 425 people now. And so the cover letter I put on there I gave him a homework assignment. So what kind of a homework assignment would you predict I might have given my audience that would relate to helping others? How about finding a Christian to uh, give a, an attaboy or an girl to 
uh, or whatever you would call it, uh, but encouragement, words of encouragement to to people that are that are out there trying to not only to be Christians themselves, to be good Christians themselves, but to uh, to encourage others to to find love and find happiness with others and 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 not to be angry and not to so i i don't know am i on base here uh you find oh yes find right. christians find christians to to rejuvenate and to and to charge their batteries I, and and i think i think we forget how discouraged some of our church leaders can get like a minister or a youth worker or whatever we forget and even even uh volunteers how much negativeness is given to a minister through people who don't really stop to think i don't like this or why did you do that or um why don't we do something more whether it's the the, the temperature whether it's the music whether it's the sermon content whether it's the activities for the children there's always something negative and and i think we probably forget how much of that comes to our ministers and our church leaders and volunteers that are really on the front line so i ch wanted to challenge my readers to find two christian workers think of two christian workers who you think because i think every single one of them needs encouragement but to be very specific and think what does that particular worker need what have i seen him or her do that i could really compliment that i could say i'm so glad i saw you doing this thank you or your such and such was great and i gave a, a few examples i said you know perhaps you might say i i heard your sermon and in the in the sermon you had this statement and i just it just touched my heart or you know last week youth minister when, when you had the kids all out at camp you really listened to my son and gave him renewed energy that he needed to be faithful i don't know exactly what you said but my i appreciate the fact that you chatted with him i am in the process of writing a letter to our minister because yesterday in church i saw him do something that was so wonderful I, I happened to be standing near actually waiting to talk to somebody and he came up to the same individual and said how are you doing and she said i'm not doing very well i'm really pretty sick and he said well and and she said we need to pray and he said well what about we do it right now and she said yes and he sat down there church hasn't started yet sat down there held her hand and had a very quiet but verbal prayer with her regarding her particular concern i thought how nice how wonderful that he would take that kind of time on a sunday morning when there's another 150 people coming in and he's having a private prayer with her and the lord i want to share that with him i want him to know that i thought that was a wonderful thing to do so i want to encourage my readers and my listeners in you to find two people and find something very specific not just wow you did a good job kid really what was the good job you, you if you really want to help your own kids in real life you thank them not just for being a nice kid you try and tell them what it was 
that they did that made them a nice kid. And we need to do the same way with our staff. They do get discouraged. And it doesn't take a lot of skill on my part to say thank you in a specific way. Can you think of somebody in your head real swiftly who you might be able to give a word of encouragement to? There's no doubt. Uh, as you as you started saying that, I, I you know, I, dozens of people came into uh, into my mind and into my consciousness uh, that that could use this. And you know, these aren't just people. These aren't just Christians. These are Christians that are trying to to help spread Christianity or to. Uh, stand up for their their particular church or their uh, their parish or their um, uh, congregation. And yes, I mean, I I know a lot of folks. I know a lot of folks that this comes to mind right away. And and uh, so yeah, I I agree with you. I mean, this is a great that's a great task, a great homework so, assignment, so to speak. Yeah. So I've given you that homework assignment, Frank. You got to find two of them. Okay. Yeah, no problem. Okay. More than uh, that. Thank you. <laughs> Do you remember the old fashioned? Did, did you ever have old fashioned salesmen come to your house when you were a kid growing up, or do you ever remember like you remember a, any kind of a salesman coming to visit? Yeah, I remember. I remember the Avon lady. Uh, I don't yeah. remember the Fuller Brush salesman, but I remember hearing about the Fuller Brush salesman. I was born in '67, so I remember a lady coming to uh, a, a lady coming to the door, and she had all kinds of. Uh, little trinkets and little little toys, and and it was the Avon lady. And my mother would, you know, have her come in, and and uh, she would uh, she would chat, and and she knew her, and she would buy things, you know, little things from her, and that was that was the lady's business. And she would even try to recruit my mother or people, um, uh, other people in the neighborhood to do the same thing. And I guess, you know, that's they they built off their commission or whatever. But the Fuller Brush salesman, I'm not sure uh I'm not sure I ever got to meet him or even for that matter vacuum cleaner salespeople. I I I was past that. Uh I never or at least in my area, I never saw that. Uh did you did you know the Fuller Brush man? Oh yes, because you see, I was born in, 50, in thirty-five, so I was born a few years before you were. And uh, Fuller Brushman in Missouri uh, was very common, and we got to know him. And my mom purchased things from him. Uh, but the Avon lady wasn't there when I was growing up. That's you know later. Yep. Uh, and but it, it, it's it was it was common to have the other one that was in Missouri about that time were. Uh, encyclopedia salespeople and ones that sold big giant bibles and i remember my mother bought a big giant bible which was so strange because my mother was very conservative about spending money and for a long time i had that big bible but it 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 was sort of it's sort of interesting how things come and go well i have sort of a silly story that that it's about a door-to-door -door salesman and and it's crazy but i'll sort of sort of share it that these two guys were going the, the salesman was going on his in the rural area going calling on uh the various people 
but his manager was along. So there were two of them. And I suppose managers have to check on their salesmen. And they were having terrible results. They were, had reached the last cottage on the lane that they were doing that particular day. They knocked on the door. A voice said, come in. So they sort of looked around and nobody was at the door, but the voice had said, come in. So they opened it and sort of entered gently. And a voice said, hello. And as that voice said, hello, they also noticed that down the stairs came two giant Doberman dogs. Hmm. Wow. With their sort of mouth growling. And so they sort of look around and they're thinking, oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? How do we get out of here? But the doorway was sort of guarded by these two dogs. So they call out again. And once again, the voice says, come in. So they go just a little bit further into the next room. And there they see this great big golden green parrot sitting in a cage. Obviously, it's the parrot that's been talking. So one salesman, and of course, they're still trying to think that they need to get out, but they don't know because the two Dobermen are standing there. And about that time, one salesman says to the other, well, uh, I don't know where our escape route is, but I'm sure that those are the only words come in that that parrot knows. <laughs> and just about that time, out of the parrot's mouth comes Sam. Oh. <laughs> oh. Even... Oh. Even even parrots have ability to do that. So well. you know, I got So you know me. I know, I know. It's a pretty dumb joke, and it's very. No, no, funny. no. That's terrific. I've never. Heard I, that. Know, I know, I know. I didn't see that but, coming. Wow. And, but it makes me think that that's how. <laughs> <laughs> that's how sneaky the devil is, my friend. Yeah. Yeah, he sort of sneaks in on us, and you come in, and he says, and he welcomes you. Come in here and do activity A, or believe activity B, or uh, and he gets us trapped, and we get in there, and he keeps saying that all is safe, and all is safe. Come in, come in, and do this. And yes, it won't hurt to do a little bit of drugs, or it won't hurt to do a little bit of this or that, whatever it might be, that gets you away from the Lord, and then silently and then not so silently he suddenly traps you and we're not really ready to meet the lord because we've let him lead us in to trouble and so i was sort of reminded of a couple of verses and our audience can look them up and read them for themselves but first peter 5 8 says that we need to beware of of satan and the devil who sort of comes in and, and sneaks up on us and in, 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 in sort of hidden. And then Matthew 7, 15 also supports that same idea. So the serious part of my crazy joke is, friends, we just need to keep our eyes open. It's really easy to have a friend who leads us into temptation. The devil doesn't do it himself directly. He has a lot of fellow workers and uh, we just need to be cautious and pray that we don't let satan capture us and throw us to the wolves or to the doberman pictures mm -hmm. 
Wow. Is that what Dobermen are called? Are they called Doberman Pinchers or just Dobermen? Doberman Pinchers. And they, uh, they, they were the scary dogs of the 80s and before that. And uh, and then you know then I think pit bulls came along and then that became the the scary dog and Dobermans kind of took a back seat but to- Dobermans are tough they're athletic and uh, you know that's a scary sight to two Doberman pinchers you know is uh, is, is certainly a, a scary they're beautiful dogs no question about it but they they're tough characters and then um, you know well that's that's sort of what my no- non dog knowledge sort of came to mind when I was reading this silly joke and that's getting a, ready to share joke. it. That's a great share joke. It. Wow. That's... Share it today. As we sort of come to a conclusion here, though, today, uh, switching from Doberman pictures to a much more gorgeous and beautiful and graceful piece of God's creation, um, we have this a couple of three small ponds around our new location here at Concordia Village. And in one of these ponds that it's easy to walk by, uh, there this spring there were a pair of parent swans and they had eight little cygnets or baby swans that were their proud children. And as we watched over the last couple of months, it went from eight to seven to five to three, and then there were only two. Oh. And the other, other day we walked by, and there were zero. And we had walked around, and we're ending up there, and we were standing and looking at the at the two the two parent swans, just just sort of thinking about that. And about a time about that time, two other walkers came up, a, a young couple who I would say were in their thirties, which was sort of interesting that. They made a comment to us old ladies who were 85 and said, and this question really, do you think, they said, that swans grieve when they lose their children? Mm. It's, and I, I said to them, I have no idea whether they do or do not. But it was an interesting thought and an interesting question I did do a little looking up, and there is a theory that many swans, if that they basically they mate for life, but if one of the couple is killed or disappears, that generally then they do not have another partner. But apparently, there are some exceptions to that. I had heard it as sort of they never do, but apparently there have been some exceptions to it. But it was a little harder to find any information whether they grieved over lost children, and it's common for them to have a, a batch of kiddos from 8 to 10. That's pretty common, and it's very common for many of those to be killed prior to being old enough to be on their own and take care of themselves. And uh, But there was an interesting story, apparently, and some people observed boys throwing rocks and destroying a whole nest full of swan eggs. Oh now, they, they, oh, they, hadn't, they hadn't turned into real, you know, they hadn't been born yet, but they, uh, and the mother was standing there watching, and the father disappeared and went away, and Later, very shortly later, they found the mother swan dead 
Oh, my gosh. Oh, my so gosh. it tends to say that maybe there is a kind of even grieving on the part of God's swan's creation. But that isn't a very cheery ending to a session. But, you know, sometimes we just need to think about life, and it can be sort of strange. Listen, before we take anything for granted, we think of those things, and sometimes it's good to end on a on a serious note and a uh, and and even a dark note here. It's it's all part of it's part of life. Listen, there are parts of the Bible that are absolutely beautiful, but are very dark, and uh, but they're there for a reason, and they're there to to teach us to teach us as Christians to you know for life or prepare us for life. And, you know, you think of something that was written, uh, you know, 2,000, over 2,000 years ago that had uh, such, you know, such unbelievable meaning uh, to us even now. So, yeah, don't feel bad for leaving on, on, a, uh, on a dark note. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Uh, we, we need to learn. I believe that animals do grieve for their, for their offspring. Uh, I think their grieving period is a lot shorter than humans, um, and they don't think like we think, but they they have those emotions. Those are their their offspring, and they protect them. You know, with their you know they'll protect them to the to the uh, to the death. And uh, you know, I do believe they grieve. Well, it, it is it's sort of an interesting thought, and I think the most amazing thing is that this an uh, uh, absolute total and complete stranger uh, came up with that with that question and, and ask, you know, somebody about it. It just, it's, you know, sometimes you just bump into interesting people and they have interesting thoughts and we just need to pay attention, don't we? Yeah, we do. And and again, I think the, the message here is don't take anything for granted. Enjoy your life and don't, you know, don't dwell on, on the negative, dwell on the positive. But at the same time, when things are going really well, stop and, and appreciate. Stop and 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 you know take stock in what what the lord is providing us and and the life he has given us and enjoy every moment of it sounds like a plan remember now that you have a homework assignment for this next week i do i'm finding two christians i'm uh, finding two people not only that are christians but uh christians in my mind that are spreading the word spreading the word of the Lord, and uh, I'm going to try to encourage them to keep doing it, charge their batteries. In some very specific kind of way. Yes. So that so that it isn't a generic statement. Not an attaboy, not an attaboy, not an girl. a specific right. statement of what they're doing of appreciation from me and everyone else to them. And remember that if if I put on my teacher hat, remember that's also what we do in schools. It's so easy to say, "Oh, that was a good job," and the 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 writer or the reader or the mathematician doesn't know what was it that I did that made you say that was a good job. Did I do it speedily? Did I do it with fewer errors than before? I think it's a it's a whole thing that teachers and parents as well as just adults to uh, in, in other categories i think it's a good thing that, to help in all of our lives but anyway it's been great to talk to you today frank and same to you and to everyone out there listening it's been great to talk to you 
And uh, again, it's a it's a homework assignment, but it's a good one, and it's one <laughs> that will it, it's one that I think you all appreciate, and you'll feel greater about yourself than than even you'll make them feel. But it is a uh, what a wonderful thought, as always from Catherine Ransom. She's a wonderful author. Um, sign up for for Ransom Notes and sign up for uh, for everything. Buy the book, Ransom Notes, and. Uh, and listen to us. Binge listen to everything that we've been doing here. If you don't like this outlet, I'm sure this outlet is fine. But if you don't like this outlet, you have 123 other outlets to uh, focus in on. And uh, also, uh, also watch the documentary on Catherine Ransom. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Ransom Notes.